Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are a new Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, 3 and Out Podcast. Sunday afternoon, about 4 o'clock, August 28th. We are now officially... Two Sundays away from the National Football League. Uh, obviously, the game on Thursday night, Rams, Bills, less than that, whatever, 10, 11 days away from that. I watched the college football game. A uh, lot going on. I, I, there are three things that I really want to hammer home today uh, that I'm fired up on, and that's the Tom Brady video that kind of went viral. The Bills punter situation, Matt Ariza, uh, who was nicknamed the punt god a couple weeks ago, has been involved in a civil lawsuit uh, with potential statutory and just sexual assault, rape. Uh, yeah, pretty ugly. Was re- was released by the Bills. And then Scott Frost, the head coach in Nebraska, 
who was now officially a royal disaster, 15 and 30. I watched a lot of that game. Him versus Pat Fitzgerald, the academic elites versus Frost, and they kicked his butt, man. They worked him in the second half. Uh, might even touch on a little bit at the end, uh, something I saw. I, I watched a lot of golf today. Uh, Rory McIlroy won the uh, Tour Championship. Three and Out Podcast, subscribe. If you listen through Collins' feed, make sure you subscribe to the Three and Out Podcast. Uh, also, Middlecoff Mailbag. I'm going to go to Nashville this week, be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I'm going to try to probably record a mailbag maybe Wednesday before I leave. So the plan is to have a podcast today, Monday, another podcast Tuesday. Then I'll probably, instead of going Friday because of Labor Day weekend, I'll probably put something out Thursday. Uh, that probably be mailbag heavy, I would imagine. And then we'll let everyone have a good time for Labor Day. And then we'll hit the ground running NFL football. Let's go, baby. Uh, so yeah, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram fire in those DMs. But I wanted to start with Thomas Brady. And he just went on an 11-day hiatus, vacation, sabbatical. No one truly knows what it was. And there were a lot of different reports because at first his mom has been sick, his parents are getting older. You know, I think your first go is something wrong with his family. Uh, and it came out, everyone, you know, who covers the team, people around the league said it is not anything involved in that. And I, I've really been thinking ever since the video that kind of went viral, he played last night. And then after the game was obviously asked about the situation. And his response, I thought, for a guy who is, he actually looks like he's got some plastic surgery. He's starting to look a little weird. But let's face it, Tom Brady, over the last six, seven years, has become very unrelatable, right? He went into a world in terms of championships that will never be sniffed again. He's got seven Super Bowls. He's married to a model. He started eating avocado ice cream. He started doing all this weird stuff. He literally was competing to win the MVP in the NFL at 43, 44, 45 years old. That that is not going to become something of the norm. Now, I've said over and over, because of health improvements, and the way guys train, we're going to see guys play longer in their careers. But just look at three of his peers. Peyton Manning fell off a cliff at 39 years old. Drew Brees and Roethlisberger couldn't throw it 10 yards down the field. And obviously, Roethlisberger treated his body a little bit different than Drew, and they were all shot at 40 years old. And I thought when he said, I'm 45, I got a lot of shit going on. For all his unrelatable characteristics, the wealth, the looks, the lifestyle, just his entire world, that was the most relatable thing he said in forever. And I've said forever, I, when I say not relatable, obviously as a teammate, he gets along with everybody. He is one of the greatest teammates in the history of team sports. So if you're playing with them, if you're a coach on the staff, people love the guy. I just mean from the outside, it's starting to go, Tom Brady's getting a little weird. <laughs> you know, let's, let's just... Be real. He's he's kind of feels like an actor or a musician or you know just when they kind of go off the deep end. But his style in terms of on the field play is still awesome. And I I didn't watch much of the game, but I saw a couple of clips. His arm looks fine. So unlike Breeze, unlike Roethlisberger, unlike Manning, his arm he's still throwing ninety five mile an hour fastballs. He's never been able to run. So really, his game hasn't changed. But off the field, it has. And just put yourself in the shoes. I'm, I'm 37 years old. I looked up the average age of an NFL player is 26. 26 years old. Think about when you were 26. The lack of responsibilities you had. 
the ability to kind of do whatever you want, whether you're an NFL player or whether you're a sales guy. Your life is dramatically different at 26 than it usually is at 35, 36, 37. I can just think about myself. The responsibilities that I have right now, the things I'm involved with, partners in different businesses, moving a state, uh, moving to another state, owning a place, uh, just things that happen in life. My brother's having a second child. My mom was just in the hospital. She's fine. But just life comes at you fast. The older you get, more financial responsibilities. I don't even have children yet. I can't imagine how many people are listening probably between the ages of 35 and 45 right now to my podcast. If you think back to when you were in your mid to late 20s, how different your life is now at 36, at 41. It's dramatically different. You have dramatically more responsibilities. The NFL is not meant for players to be 45 years old. How? And I'm not saying other guys on the teams throughout the league don't have children. Obviously, they do. Think how many players, though, that you see after they win hold up their child. They're usually like two years old. Tom Brady has several children that are juniors in high school. He has other high, other kids that are in, uh, in junior high. Like, his kids are old. His kids are much more like the coaching staff kids. And I think his wife, like, my theory is pretty simple. That his wife does not want him to keep playing. I don't know that to be a fact. This is obviously an educated guess from watching. And when he talked, the way, if we're assuming on his word and everyone else's that no one is sick or anything, some stuff's going on within the home, which is very natural. That happens to all of us. Whether you're in a serious relationship, whether you're married, you constantly deal with those situations the older you get. So this notion that he's 45 and has a lot of shit going on, of course he does. Because most 45-year-olds that are married with several children, and especially when those children are 10 to 15 years old, got a lot going on. You know who most of those human beings also are not? Players in the NFL. The majority of NFL players don't have children who are 10 to 15 years old. Have not been married for you know a decade long. So Tom Brady is just at a different point in life than basically everyone else in the NFL. And he's also required to be the quarterback. And the difference between the quarterback, you'd be like, well, Vinatieri played at 45. He's a fucking kicker. Now he's the greatest kicker of all time, but he shows up, kicks a couple balls, goes home. Tom Brady has to approach the week, especially at his level, like he is a coach. The way he prepares, the time he puts in, the training he does on his body. While the coaching hours are more spent in an office, His time on his body, on his preparation, on his film study is coach-like. So I understand people in his house are like, what are we still doing? You're playing for a legacy that's already set. No one's ever passing you. You're already considered the GOAT. And we have enough money, obviously. Our lives are set. What are we chasing now? And I think his response, if, if I was him, I'd be like, well, I'm still one of the best players in the league. Why would I quit? The game has never been easier. And I think it's fair to say the game has never come easier to Tom in terms of understanding defenses, understanding his offense, understanding teammates, strengths and weaknesses of opponents, all that stuff he can do, like his preparation, you have to work every week to gain that, but he knows like the back of his hand. The hard part now is like this growing family, what people go through at 45 and 50 years old, like normal people stuff. And he kind of hinted at that, like, yeah, people got issues in their homes, I've seen it. You've seen it. We've all seen it. Guess what? That's human. 
Guess what the issues you typically don't have when you're unmarried, single with some money? Not the same problems. Obviously, everyone deals with problems. I do think when other people are depending on you and pulling at your time, when they're your children going into high school or your wife, it makes it a little more complicated. So I thought Tom Brady's press conference, he does look a little weird. He does look like he needs to eat a sandwich. Uh, He looks like he's got a little work done. But I thought his words were the most relatable thing he said in a long time. NFL kickoff is still a few weeks away, but you can get in on the action now on FanDuel Sportsbook with their NFL Super Win bonus. Right now, anyone who places at least a $50 Super Bowl winner bet will get $5 back for each win your team has during the regular season. You can get the Rams to repeat at 11-1. to You get the Ravens at 20-1. to Sneaky kind of like the Ravens. I actually think they're almost flying a little bit under the radar. They missed the playoffs last year, some of the Lamar drama. Do not forget, the Ravens had like 7 million players injured. I think they're going to be a powerhouse this year. There are also a ton of other future market available, like team win totals, division winners, player props, and so many more, like the 49ers over, like the Chiefs over. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner, of the National Football League. Haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet? Download the app and sign up using the promo code Colin to get $5 for every win your team has if you bet at least $50 on them to win the Super Bowl. That's promo code Colin. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Transition to the Bills. They cut a punter, Matt Ariza, who looked like he was one of the best young special team guys in the league. He was kicking 80-yard punts. They had just cut another punter and basically named him the guy. He was a six-round draft pick. And information came out. And let me start with this, because I did some digging. I talked to multiple people that went through San Diego State, and they said that this not only didn't came up, no one had ever heard of this. This was not something, at least the teams that I know, and I can't speak for every team, on their character write-up, they did not know of this incident. So whether San Diego State covered it up, whether Matt Ariza and the other guys on the team covered it up, it did not get to the NFL people. That That is, I know that for a fact from the people I've talked to. And then I watched the press conference of Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott talking about this situation. And Brandon Bean said, obviously, we did not have this information. And I do believe him. He said, if we did, we probably wouldn't have drafted him. I think that's fair to say. And he said, I reached out to double-digit other teams. They also agreed. This was not something that NFL teams know about. Now, I got to push back on the media because I watched this press conference and I watched the media ask them questions, basically calling Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott scumbags for not cutting him originally when they found out the news. And I've said it forever. This is a completely different situation. I don't know if anything's ever happened in any of these situations. Why? I've never been there. Neither have you. I've said the same thing about Deshaun Watson. The difference of Deshaun Watson, which a situation like this, is it's one girl. That was girl after girl after girl. Now, I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying he's innocent. I simply say I have no clue. When they when they were... Uh, privied to that a potential situation or a lawsuit was going to come out a couple months ago. This was after OTAs, but before training camp. They asked their punter if about the situation, and clearly he told them, I did not do this. That did not happen. And the accusations, if you haven't read, 
Underage girl, 17 years old, college party. Ariza, Ariza, I might be screwing up his name, not only slept with her, then passed her off to other teammates. If it's true, it's heinous. They believed him. And then a civil lawsuit came out within the last week. They obviously went back to him. And his story, according to Brandon Bean, did not change. But the heat that was coming down on this situation, they cut him. And a lot of people in the media were like, why did you wait so long? How did they wait long? They got the original information before any civil lawsuit or anything was coming out that there was a situation. He said that wasn't true. And then a, and then a lawsuit came about, not charges, a civil lawsuit. And they asked him, his story didn't change, but they realized a simple thing. Because a lot of people are like, well, if he was a quarterback, he wouldn't be cut. No, he wouldn't. If he was a quarterback, they would let the situation play out. But this is the reality in the NFL. That the This guy's a six-round draft pick. He's also a punter. If he had been the number two overall pick and a pass rusher, maybe they would just tell him to stay away from the team, but they wouldn't have cut him. Well, he's a six-round pick, and he's a punter. See ya. So whether you're guilty or you're innocent, we don't have the ability to stand by you and take the heat because of the position you play, one, and the draft position you play. Because ultimately, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, myself, and yourself, we have no fucking clue what happened. None. You say, if you read it and it's true, every human being agrees, scumbag, jail time, loser, out of the league forever. But if it's not, like we've seen accusations that aren't, no one knows. But the way that they operated this, it's pretty simple. His problems outweigh his importance. Because while he might be some future Hall of... He might be the next Ray guy. Well, punters are pretty replaceable. And we didn't pay you any money because you're a six-round pick. And we don't want to deal with something that obviously you are telling us they're lying. They're telling us you're lying. We don't know. It ain't worth the headache. Peace. See ya. Godspeed. But this is your problem, not our problem. But I saw that the some a couple of media people asked that the entire fan base universally is disgusted by the Bills. I don't see what the Bills did wrong. They had no information when they drafted the player. And then when they originally were contacted by a lawyer, they went to their player. He adamantly denied it. And then a civil lawsuit came within the last whatever week. They go back, they do a bunch more research, and they realize if there is something there, you're being you're going to have to go to court. See ya. Bye. To me, that's a pretty normal protocol. And as Brandon Bean said over and over and over, we weren't going to rush to judgment, especially with a player who's pounding the table. I didn't do this. Because ultimately, like I'm going to say over and over, no one knows except that player and except the girl and maybe the other players on the team that were involved in this situation. But I, I think they acted accordingly. And if he had played a different position, a star player, a star quarterback, yeah, he's probably not cut. Welcome to pro sports. That's the way it works. He's cut simply because he's a late round pick and he's a punter. If he had been a different, more important position and a highly drafted, highly compensated player, I would imagine they would approach this differently. We know that. I don't understand why the media is consistently shocked by that. But Matariza's career, uh, I would say until this, he's either completely exonerated from this situation He's not playing in the NFL. So in this situation, the way the courts in California work with the delays, it's not going to happen for a long time. 
So I, I think we've... Uh, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I have no issues with the way the Buffalo Bills handled this, especially reaching around the league, reaching out around the league and finding out that no teams had this information. This was not something like when... Well, sometimes when you go into a school and a guy has been in trouble... A lot of times it's public knowledge, right? Remember Baker Mayfield or Cam Newton stole laptops or whatever. So you go in asking about that. But you're not a detective in the sense of if no one's ever been in trouble and no one's talking about anything, you can't just go, hey, man, has this guy ever been uh, in trouble for robbery? Has this guy ever been in trouble for a sexual assault? And you'd be like, no, man, the guy, the, the team would look at you like, what are you talking about? So a lot of it just naturally comes out because guys, it's just kind of public knowledge. And even situations that aren't quote-unquote public knowledge get spread around the scouting community. Multiple teams told me they covered this bad boy under the rug. Talking about either San Diego State, the local police department, something. I I can't put this on the NFL community. This information was not out there until this summer. And then even then, it did not go to the court system up until the last week. And the Bills acted accordingly. Uh, And last but not least on the football front, I watched Nebraska Northwestern. And uh, I watched Pat Fitzgerald, who was one of the more respected guys in the business, who coaches at uh, a school where academics are held to a higher regard than sports. In the Power Five, that's very rare. Vanderbilt, Northwestern, Stanford, Uh, I'd I'd say Notre Dame, kind of. It's a short list. And he went up against a school with, I'm not trying to talk shit about Nebraska. Because listen, I'm just a state school guy. Went to school with the academic prowess, not even in the same world as Northwestern. And he not only hit them in the teeth and shoved them around, he coached circles around Scott Frost. Pat Fitzgerald, that guy is a big time football coach. And when you watch his team play, you went the effort, the tenacity, how well coached they are, how tough they are, and how they got NFL bodies flying around. It's it's not surprising that he's had success in the second best conference in the country over the last decade. Now, Scott Frost, who is now 15 and 30 in his career at Nebraska. I saw someone put it out on social media. If he won 50 straight games, he would still have a worse record than Bo Pelini. Now, here's the thing, and a lot of people go, Scott Frost was so good at UCF. What happened at Nebraska? And some people will say, well, you can't win at Nebraska in 2022. Bullshit. Good coaches win wherever they go. Now, I don't mean if he was a good coach, he would be Alabama or Ohio State, but he would not be 15-30. and 30. Some guys hit well in the minor leagues, And when they get to the big leagues, they can't hit a curveball. They can't hit the inside pitch. They have holes in their swing. And other guys, a small percentage, keep raking. And those are the guys that make $200, $300 million. And we call all-stars. Some guys coach at a lower level. Chris Peterson, Boise State, kicked everyone's ass for a decade. Then went to the University of Washington and took them to the playoffs. He thrived in the minor leagues, then he thrived in the big leagues. And what he did at UCF was impressive. It ain't the Power Five, and it sure as hell is not the Big Ten. He got exposed. Now, I've heard Scott Frost is a good guy. He was very successful as an assistant coach and as a non-Power Five head coach. He has been a complete disaster at Nebraska. 
And a lot of times, and I'm a big believer in this, when you know, you know. We've all had jobs where we go, something's not off, I need to get out of here. And then you end up leaving, uh, quitting, getting fired, whatever. And you look back two, three years, you're like, God, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I should have left a year before. You've been in relationships where you're like, this is, I, this is not, I'm not marrying her. Why am I holding on? And then you break up and you look back and you go, that I, I knew way before we ended it. It, it happens all the time. Uh, I see divorced people that go, God, we stayed married like three years too long. And Nebraska knew this offseason. And the one thing they kept hammering home, and they kept hammering it home on the broadcast, was Scott Frost's record in close games. Which I would say in a one-season situation, no big deal. I remember years ago, John Harbaugh had a year. It was the year, I think, that led them to get Ronnie Stanley. They lost a ton of one-score games. And you know what that turned out to be? An outlier. You know what John Harbaugh typically does? Wins, goes to the playoffs. Scott Frost consistently loses tight games, just like he did against Northwestern in Ireland. That's the thing, same thing that happened last year. That's the same thing that happened in previous years. And I was thinking, like, if you're using that to brag how close you are, how embarrassing that actually is. Can you imagine? I know we got a lot of people in sales that listen to me. If you consistently went to your boss and went, you know, I took these clients out to Mastro's. We went and played golf. I'm taking them on another trip next week. They love us. They love us. We had a great time. And then the boss goes, well, are they, did you sign them? Are they coming to us? And you go, well, they're actually going to go with the other company, but we, we built a great relationship. If that happens one time, you'd be like, hey, no big deal. If it happens 20 times where it's like, hey, man, I took, I took these guys out to dinner. I was going to close and then it just didn't quite work out, but we were really vibing. We were really vibing, but hey, they're going to go with the competition. Like your, your job is to either sell. You either do it or you don't. A football coach's job is to win. You either win the game or you lose the game. Now, individual games, we can nitpick every single game in the history of the sport, especially close games, which the majority of games in the Power 5 level and definitely the NFL are. So if you're associated with a guy who's always losing close games, do you know what you are? A bad football coach. You are not a good football coach. You know who wins a lot of close games? Andy Reid, Lincoln Riley, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick. Like, you you can't have a winning record if you don't win close games. And if you're constantly losing these one-score games, it's now a reflection, this guy isn't good. He was really famous. He was came up the pipe with uh, Chip Kelly, and then he went to UCF. Great. That is in the rearview mirror. The reality of what he is in the big leagues, in at the Big Ten, no one is expecting Nebraska except some crazy fans to win 10 games. Just win fucking seven or eight. He can't. He cannot do that. And we just keep talking about his one-score game record. We just have to acknowledge, like a sales guy who doesn't generate any business, like a coach who doesn't win any games, that's Scott Frost. <laughs> He's not good at his job. Uh, and last but not least, pivot a little really quick to golf. Rory McIlroy won the Tour Championship, and it paid out $18 million. He's a three-time winner. He's had better seasons as a pro. Obviously, he didn't win a major this year, uh, and he's won four of them. 
He's probably had years where he's won more. This was his third win of the year. But I don't think, actually I know, he's never had a more important season as a professional. What he meant to the PGA Tour, him standing up for a tour that is holding on for dear life. They're about to lose Cam Smith. They're about to lose Joaquin Neiman. I would say beside John Rahm, the best Latino player. They're holding on to Hideki for dear life. They're losing Harold Varner, one of the few black guys on tour, who's sponsored by Michael Jordan, who me and uh, uh, Jason Sobel talked about last week. Michael Jordan is calling Harold Varner for the last like three or four months weekly, begging him to stay on tour. Michael Jordan couldn't even convince the guy to stay, and he sponsors him. He's giving him more money. Harold Varner said no. And Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods stood up there and acted like the commissioner consistently taking the bullets, but specifically Rory, because Tiger wasn't anywhere to be found for the majors. To have He played in 15 events. He topped 10 in 10 of them. He uh, basically finished top five in every single major. He easily could have won the Open. He came storming back at the Masters. He just... He had an elite all-around season. But what he did off the... He made $27 million on the fee, on the course, which I would imagine if you factor in his off-the-course earnings, he probably had a $70, $80 million a year. Remember, for a long period of time in like the 2000s and the early 2010s, the highest paid athletes, it was always Tiger Woods was one. And he was making five, six, ten million million on the course, but he was making so much off the course. Phil had some moments where he was like top five. That's what Rory did this year. But Rory's impact as a spokesman for a league that was in wartime, that had a rival league that has more money, that has an unlimited amount of cash, has a much easier lifestyle, was attempting, not a coup, to destroy the PGA Tour. And Rory stood up and Rory said, I'm going to do everything in my power not to let this happen. And he literally did. As a golf fan, I had so much joy watching him play. I obviously had a ton of money on him at St. Andrews where he didn't come through and he lost. And I was emotional. I know he cried. But I thought today, watching that level of golf, and the one thing the PGA Tour is going to consistently have overlive is the shit matters on Sundays. It, it just does because there is history behind it. And I had someone in my DM say, you're being hard on live not mattering. It takes time for leagues to build up. I think the problem is, is the premise in which live was started by just an unlimited amount of money. It doesn't matter to any of these guys. It's hard for it to matter. Now, obviously, if you're competitive, you care about winning and losing right? You try to win, whether it's on the 54th hole or the 72nd hole. But I'm a golf junkie, and I've watched some live, and it doesn't matter. Now, I watch a lot of PGA Tour golf where it doesn't matter either. But on Sunday, every freaking week, it matters. And even today, where the difference between first and second place was $11.5 million. Think about that. Anyone that's listening that's played golf, $11.5 million was on the line basically between Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. That's the swing. $18 million or $6.5 million. And when I watched those guys play, it felt like they were playing to win, not for the cash. Now, they're both super rich. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler had already made $18 million. Rory's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. But there is that is still what the PGA Tour has. And I think the way Rory talked about it after, I think this is still the most competitive league because of that and because of what it means for guys. I say the same thing about the NFL. When you watch Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes play last year 
in that playoff game. One guy makes $45 million. The other guy makes $46 million. It never crosses your mind how much money they're making. All that was on the line was winning that playoff game and the pride it meant to go play in the conference championship. And that, to me, these guys in golf, they're all stupid rich. The the top 30, 40 players are probably all worth 80, 90. Obviously, the top 10 guys are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. We're talking stupid cash. The richest guy in your neighborhood times 50. But when you watch them play on Sunday, no different than the NFL, no different than playoff baseball uh, or the March Madness, it's just about winning and losing. And that is a great advantage that the PGA Tour has, led by Rory, led by JT, led by Scotty Scheffler, that I don't think Liv can even attempt to recreate in years to come. So as long as they can keep that going and keeping the money flowing with Rory on the front lines, with Tiger right next to him, I think the PGA Tour has a chance to survive. I didn't quite think that probably three or four months ago once Greg started throwing huge cash at all these guys. Could be wrong. Money talks, shit walks. But the PGA Tour is throwing a lot more money. And you just watch these tournaments. It just, what do they say in the SEC? It just means more. Uh, three and out podcast. Subscribe. You listen on Collins feed. Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff. Fire in those DMs. Adios. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.